0: Previously on Party and Peril.
1: What I thought was a cage before, because it was my, my cell in, in a way that I could only learn so much. But now it feels like I'm in my roots. So it doesn't feel like a cage anymore. It just feels, it actually feels like home. It's like something that I didn't know I would have missed.
2: If anything, it's it's me practicing my patience and my my willpower to not steal everything in this room because it looks like I could strip it and sell it for a ton.
0: Jack, you hear like a, a like almost like a crumbling sort of noise. But what it is is you just see this hole start opening up in the side of of one wall, but it doesn't get very big just enough for Avador to poke her head through.
1: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, why? Why did you do that? I'm so sorry. I apologize. We, we have, I, I doors. have But what fun is a magic house if you do not try your spells on the walls?
0: The table itself is covered in more food than either of you have, have ever seen in your lives. Your destinies are your own. But I do have gifts to aid both of you on your journeys. But you're going to have to earn them Relying solely on the skills in battle will not keep you alive much longer with the types of things that are hunting you. As you enter these trials, use your heads and your hearts.
1: What is your deepest
2: fear? Being alone.
0: All of a sudden, you you feel like the dust from the floor kind of lifts up and becomes more like a cloud. And Avador, you're experiencing this too. And then all of a sudden, you find yourselves not in an attic, but in the slums where you grew up, Jack. In um, man, uh, uh that that place that we formerly were in, uh, that we're gonna quickly <laughs> the rename. We'll just call it. Uh, oh God! I know this is taken by other things, but we're gonna call it High Guard. Okay, that's this. Uh, we're retroactively calling it High Guard. <laughs> you find yourself in the slums of High Guard on a cobblestone street, Avador. You're still kind of in a, a in a corner of like an alley. You can't move, but you can see everything. You can talk, Jack. Your weapons, money, equipment, everything you have are all with you again. You can see. To one side of this alley that you're in. A starving child. Younger than you. Huddled against a wall. And then you can also see a frail old man. But dressed in immaculate robes. Carrying a loaf of bread. Who passes by the child. And is starting to head the other direction. There's really nowhere else for you to go.
2: What do you do? So I see the starving child. I see the man holding the bread walking away. Mm-hmm. Can I try to get the man's attention? Absolutely. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. The the old man
0: um kind of slowly turns his head and, and just kind of looks at you.
2: My friend and I over here are very hungry. Could you share some of that bread with us?
0: He holds the bread really, really close to to his chest and doesn't say any words. Um you want to do a perception check for me real quick. 15. So you can kind of notice that beneath his his robes that he's just skin and bone. And you can see that he he walks with a bit of a limp and there are scars all over his legs.
2: Uh, are you okay? He uh shakes his head. No. Well, uh can I look back at the child and see what he's doing
0: sure i'm gonna let you use that same perception perception check your roll because it's it works fine you're looking at the, at the child the child is almost looks like it's trying to protect something but you can tell this this child is is very very starved and looks like it probably wouldn't live through the night if it doesn't eat
2: i feel like this is like past present future me and i i need to share this bread but i'm not sure how
1: jack use your illusions use the force use your skills
2: (laughs) i pull bread out from behind his ear (laughs) where did uh, this bread come from (laughs) (laughs) let me try to like grab take the bread from him like am i getting resistance He's uh he's trying to hold on to it. Yeah. So are you just going to try to grab it and force it away from him? Well, let me just try to like break off half of it. Like I don't need the whole thing. I just want to I just want to share.
0: Okay. So so you snatched it away from him, you split it in half, and then are you handing him back a piece or
2: Yeah, or? I'll give the other half to him. And then like I I don't need any, so I'm just going to go give the other half to the little boy. The old man looks at his half piece and continues on a little bit
0: um, and kind of disappears kind of into the ether there. And then you give half to this little boy and the little boy kind of shifts a little bit, takes the bread and you see that there's like an even younger child with him that he was kind of like covering up and they both eat of the bread also. And then you see a vision a vision of the old man, returning to a uh, a portly and very large man um, of great wealth. You can just tell by the room he's in, by his clothes, everything. And uh, although the the old man was wearing really fine robes too, kind of lifts up and holds up this this half piece of bread, and the uh, the bigger like well-off guy kind of looks down and, and at the old man and says, Only a half loaf. Well,
3: then that belongs to me and you will be going with no supper.
0: Shit. The vision fades and you find yourself back in the same position again where you started. You see the old man shuffling around with a full loaf of bread. You see um, the child in the corner once again. This time you also see a counter with another man that you didn't see before.
2: And you can tell that this guy is a bread vendor.
1: It was like Groundhog Day.
2: That's what I was going to say. Like, where's the woman I have to fall in love with for this to all end?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to Uh, make her fall in love with you.
2: Oh, but first I have to murder everyone at least once, right? Yeah.
1: At least.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, let me go up to the bread vendor then, and see. Do I have any money on me? Like, I have my stuff, right? At least my weapons. Yes, and such. you do. Okay. So, let me go up and buy some bread then. Oh. All
0: right. You, uh, you hand the man some money. He hands you a full loaf of bread.
2: Let me break that in half, and then give half to the older man and then take the other half back to the kids. Okay, so you uh, you stop the old man who's carrying
0: his loaf, you hand him an, another half loaf, and then the children, you go over and hand them the other half loaf. Yeah. And the children eat of it, and the old man nods his head at you and continues on his way, and you see a vision of the old man handing his lord a full loaf of bread, keeping the half loaf hidden. And the man, um, his lord or whatever, says, Ah, thank you for bringing me my loaf. But I'm pretty hungry
3: today, so oh, it looks like I don't have anything for you on this night. You will
0: have to go hungry. And the, the man eats his full loaf, You see the old man start walking away but pulls out that half loaf that he hid and he starts eating it. And Then you see another vision of the following morning and the two children are able to stand up their bellies full of of what they needed. They just needed something to get them through the night. And they continue on out of the alley. And then you hear Master Cavella's voice This, I will admit, I didn't see that part coming. (laughs) A thief that shares his own money to save others. In all of my years, this is something I have never seen. I prefer to offer advice most of the time, but you've taught me a lesson today. Even with vast amounts of knowledge, you can always be surprised. Thank you, young hero thief. You've done well. And then you see everything kind of disappear we move on to avador's trial hey everyone sorry about interrupting a bit yet again but just want to thank you all for listening to this episode we had a ton of fun with the trials and i am very excited for some cool things i have planned in the next couple episodes uh thank you to everyone who's left us a review on apple Podcasts. that really helps us out and as a thank you, you may notice several of the newer characters have names in common with some of those who left comments with the reviews. And if you left one and haven't heard your namesake just yet, just trust me that it's coming. Please make sure to share your favorite clips and episodes with your friends or on social media and use the hashtag nerdsloth so we can see that and give you a proper thank you. As always, huge thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us keep the lights on, uh, please consider a $5 monthly donation, but only if you can spare it easily. Take care of yourselves first. If you do make a donation, you'll have access to a bonus three-hour episode in which you can hear how Avador, Jack, and Shepard first meet and get started on their crazy adventure. Uh, more bonus material for this campaign is coming in the form of short stories centered around some of the characters in this world, and I will let everyone know when that is all available on Patreon. So that's it for this little interruption. Hope you're all happy, healthy, and safe. Make sure to check out some of the other shows available from Nerd Sloth, like Anxiously Ever After, Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom, and Know the Lore, which all have newer episodes. And now, back to the show. He goes on again to say as in pure darkness. Avador, I tried to teach you the arcane arts of which I was familiar. Mat. And though you learned a few tricks, you did not thrive. However, it seems that you now have a much stronger connection with nature as we spoke of before. You have an aura about you that I recognize as druidic magic. That connection cannot be forced. It is freely given by nature itself to only those worthy of the call. And so it is something I'm unable to teach, as I was not called by that magic. However, there was someone here much like you, someone who came to me once in secret. And as I mentioned before, he may have answers for you of more than just magic. He came here in hiding, fleeing the Ecclesia, and the order and the council of which he used to be a part of more than a part of whatever his past nature has deemed him worthy of magic as well. He could be a powerful ally and teacher for you. And the two of you suddenly find yourselves in what appears to be an underground cave of some sort. A little further in the distance is a body of water like almost like an underground lake, illuminated with a pale blue light. In the center of the lake is a small grassy island with a singular tree. And from the tree is hanging one piece of fruit. A fox lays curled up under the tree, nursing its newborn baby kit. But this fox looks sad, as if it's dying. And the tree above is also a nest with... One singular egg guarded by a large hawk with an injured wing. You have no weapons. All that you have on your person is a few items that you sometimes use in your spells, like uh, different things of like dust, mushrooms, things, just stuff that you use with your everyday spell casting. Jack, you now are kind of in the corner of this cave, unable to move, but you can see, you can hear, smell, you can speak. That's totally fine. But you hear an unfamiliar voice that kind of booms through this cavern. Approach the island, druid.
1: I will use my water walk spell and walk across the liquid surface.
0: So as you you do that, and your, your feet um, just kind of plainly walk across the water as if they were stepping stones. You get to the very edge of the island... And you see two large, strange, smooth stones jutting out of the ground. Both are etched in different runes. The one on your left has a subtle green glow. The one on the right has a yellow glow. And the voice says, Touch "Touch the the yellow stone.
1: stone. I touch the yellow stone.
0: So as you do, the the image of the island appears to shift just slightly there are two fox skeletons at the base of the tree. The remains of a hawk skeleton lay nearby as well, and a smaller hawk skeleton is in the nest. The fruit is still hanging there, untouched.
3: This is natural and balanced. Yet it is not satisfying to see how others have suffered, is
0: it? Touch the green stone.
1: So I move over and touch the green stone.
0: Okay, so you place your hand against that one and the image shifts back to what you saw before. You see the dying um vixen fox with its with its baby, you see the injured hawk with its egg up in the tree and you see the fruit in the same place. And the voice again says, "How else could this be balanced? Show me."
1: Mama fox, she's the one that's dying or she's the one that's hurt?
0: She's, uh, the, the mother fox is, yeah, it's she's on the ground, she looks pretty injured, she has a baby fox with her. In the tree, there's a nest with a hawk with a broken wing and an egg, and then hanging also from the tree is fruit, but just one fruit. And again, this is like an island surrounded by water, like a, a island in a lake under the under the ground in this cave.
1: So how can it also be balanced? And in my first vision, both animals uh, died. All the animals were dead. All the animals were dead and, except and for that, the fruit.
0: Yeah, when you touch the Yellowstone.
1: Also, on my person, I carry with me a morsel of food, in order to okay. use animal friendship cast. Okay. And in doing so, I'm still using my water walk, and I, and I approach closely, and I befriend the fox. lets me convince the beast that I mean no harm.
0: One fox is fed and, and looks at you. It, it was looking pretty apprehensive, like kind of nervous, but now it seems okay with your presence.
1: Okay. And since she's okay with my presence and getting close... I'd also like to use my ability to speak with animals okay and uh, to verbally communicate with the beast and the knowledge and awareness. so I'd like to communicate with the animals and and ask the the bird how I can help help her.
0: You want to ask the bird or the fox
1: uh I'd be friend of the fox. Uh, maybe I can, yeah, I'll, I'll ask her. I'll ask her first then. Uh,
0: the fox? Yeah. Okay. So the fox, Um, you, you don't get as much as you normally feel like you would get, but you can you can derive a few words from this fox. Like, almost like it's putting these, these words in your head. It just says, hurt, feed, baby.
1: Is your child hungry? Yes. Are you not able to produce milk? No. Who's hurt? Are you hurt? Yes. Your friend up there in the trees—is that your friend? No. Then I look up to the bird and I speak. Okay. I speak with the bird. It's like, "How about you? What do you need help with?"
0: You, uh, as you, you kind of lean up there. The the egg begins to hatch. And a little baby bird plops out and the the hawk looks at you and it kind of looks at its wing and says, broken, baby, feed.
1: Am I able to reach up to the, the fruit of the tree? Yes. Okay.
0: It's just one piece of fruit.
1: Okay. Now I'm going to speak with the... The bird as well uh, continues like, uh, Bird, is the fox down here your friend? No. I can feed both of you on the condition that you make peace for your children. Is that something that you can agree on?
0: So this is what I'll tell you. With that piece of fruit, you would be able to feed... Two animals, but not all four.
1: A question about the water: Are there any fish swimming swimming in it? Yes. Okay. Try to think: Who eat fish? Do do both animals eat fish, or is it just birds?
2: Bakers can't be either choosers. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Either either can eat fish. Is it? Is this a situation? Maybe. I'll, I'll yell it at you. Have a door. Do you need to turn into an animal? I've seen you do it before. Remember when you kicked
1: that door down as that donkey? I don't believe I need to. I've already befriended them and I'm speaking with them currently.
2: Okay. I give you a little okay <laughs> sign.
1: <laughs> Just checking.
2: Here's what I'm thinking.
1: Well, tell me what you're thinking.
2: As me or as Jack?
1: Oh, I don't know. Is Jack not thinking the same thing?
2: I mean, he is. <laughs> but he's also not the brightest. Because I'm not the brightest. So the the foxes said that they weren't friends with the birds. And what I'm worried about is, like, the bird maybe eating the baby fox in some way. So you have to be careful who you feed. Maybe feed the babies.
1: Uh, I'm currently... Creating a peace treaty with them as well.
2: (laughs) A peace treaty? You're writing out. (laughs) (laughs) Signed on the dotted line, please.
1: Also, based off the vision that I was given, that the fruit still stands, and even though they die, the fruit itself doesn't die, which means that it's probably not real or something about it is not right. So I would either like to detect if it's poison or um, magic.
0: What's the spell that you're gonna use? While you're in here, your spells are not gonna be limited. So if you need to try a few different things to figure out the puzzle, you can.
1: Detect poison and disease. Uh, For the duration, you can sense the presence of the location, poisonous, poisonous creatures, a disease within 30 feet of you. Also identify the kind of poison. Okay.
0: Okay, so you're using that And you don't detect anything wrong with the fruit. It is fruit. It's healthy fruit. Uh, You do detect that there's something wrong with the tree. Like the tree is diseased or wounded in some way that you just physically can't see.
1: So it is diseased, which is why it can only bear one fruit.
0: Yep. The fruit itself is fine, but the tree is basically injured. Do you have any kind of like
1: cure disease? I got something. I'd like to use my uh, speak with plants. Okay. And I'll put my hand on the bark and speak with its life form.
0: Okay. What what do you want to ask it or do you want to just say something?
1: I could just say something and be like Okay. Um I see that you're only producing one fruit. Is there any way I can help you?
0: The, the tree says, heal.
1: I have here two animals. If I heal you, would you be able to grow plentiful for them?
0: The tree has no answer. It, not like it's trying to keep something from you. Okay. It's like it doesn't know. Okay. It doesn't know what to say to that.
1: So I'm going to use plant growth, which this spell channels vitality into plants. Okay. And I will do my incantation to heal her.
0: And how does that how does that look? Describe that to me. Like what what are you doing physically as you're casting this spell to heal the tree?
1: I keep my hand on her. And as I do my incantation, may your bark grow strong, may your leaves grow wide, may the fruit of your labor Give life to this ground. And I, continu- nice. I continue and continue yeah. to repeat it, manifesting its its healing pr- properties. It says, all plants in a half-mile radius centered on a point within range become enriched for one year. This plant yields twice the normal amount of food when harvested.
0: Okay. It, it kind of starts to, the whole tree starts to glow a little bit with like a golden aura just starting towards the base of it. And then continuing up and, and then kind of spreading through the uh, all the different limbs and twigs and everything that um, goes through it. And then see the word in your mind from the tree that just says, thank. And then you hear that voice that had been instructing you earlier that says, touch the
1: yellow stone. So I go ahead and touch the yellow stone
0: okay, so the everything kind of shifts before you and you see now the tree is full of leaves and so much fruit there is fruit everywhere some has fallen to the ground there's uh fruit within reach of the hawk with its injured wing and you see that despite its injuries still being there it is still uh it's actually a little fuller than than the last time you you saw it just a little bit ago and the baby looks like it has grown well and strong and likewise with the foxes the foxes sit at the base of the tree and they both look very well nourished and with that a large barrel chested very hairy man steps out from behind the tree He has a long untamed brown beard and hair and he wears nothing but a cloth tied around his waist to cover his junk. (laughs) His eyes are a piercing gold color. It's like staring into molten metal. And he says,
3: tell me what you learned.
1: I've learned that by being kind to all creatures, being able to speak and listen to them. They're able to communicate what they need to heal, and I am able to provide for their growth, so that they may continue on.
0: Good. He sits and he um, just kind of next to the the youngest fox, the, the little one, and he pats it on the top of the head and he says, "Sit with me."
1: So I sit. <laughs> Okay.
3: Close your eyes and place your hands in the grass. Feel the blades between your fingers. How firmly they are rooted into the soil. The soil that holds us up above this lake. That absorbs the water into the tree. So it may produce fruit. Fruit so that those who need it may eat. Do you understand? I do. Good. Your abilities in this place will not exhaust. Keep
0: that in mind and follow me. Now, Jack, you suddenly find yourself back in the dining hall again, sitting at a table. There's a few small cakes and a glass of milk in front of you. Master Kevela is sitting across from you and he kind of gestures at the cakes and he smiles and he says, not much longer. I started eating my cakes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Avador, you find yourself in a dark forest at night. You can see enough to take in most of your surroundings, but you don't see the man that you were just speaking to, but you do hear his voice. And it seems to be coming from the ground. Follow me. And looking down, you can see a small burrow in the base of, like, a tree uh, next to a large rock. And you can catch just a glimpse of a weasel disappearing into a hole. Nearby, you can can see, like, a little fire beetle walking around. You can see a snake kind of off to the side. What do you do?
1: So I have to make myself tiny. (laughs) Do I need to go down the little hole?
0: So you've you've seen a few things now that are that are small that could fit through. Okay. So what what do you want to do?
1: I guess I shall turn into a snake myself so that I can uh, follow the hole.
0: Okay. Um so you turn into a snake, you slither in through the little burrow that the weasel had disappeared into, and now you are slithering through a labyrinth of underground tunnels that seem to stretch on forever. Uh, And you're trying to keep up with that weasel that's in front of you. And you can kind of see a little sliver of pale moonlight appear through the top of a tunnel up ahead. And the weasel stops and looks at you and then jumps up through the hole.
1: Guess I'm still listening for the voice. Shall I continue? Follow me. So I follow the voice.
0: Okay. So you uh, peek your head out through the hole just in time to see a hawk swoop down and grab the weasel in its talons and fly back up into the air and you hear again follow me <laughs> you can also see that there's an owl on a branch nearby just kind of in. there's a bat hanging upside down on the branch right below it what form do you want to choose to follow the hawk that just stole this weasel
1: i will choose the owl
0: Okay. So, you soar through the air, dodging branches on occasion and, and large cobwebs, and you can see pretty much everything with like near-perfect precision that an owl would be able to see in the middle of the night. And seemingly out of nowhere, a panther leaps from a tree, catching the hawk midair and slamming it to the ground. The panther begins snacking on its kill, and the weasel turns into a boar and starts running through the heavy brush beneath the trees. Glancing around, you can see the the panther that had just followed out. You can also see a deer grazing in the distance. And from the direction the boar just went, you can hear the words, Follow me.
1: I myself turn into a boar and follow the boar.
0: So turning into a boar, you crash through all of the, the brush and your tusks are kind of scoring the, the tree trunks as you're running past. You see the other boar up ahead of you until it dives into a pond of water and becomes a crocodile and begins swimming swiftly to the other side. And as you approach the water, you also see a frog on a lily pad nearby.
1: Then I will turn into a crocodile as well.
0: Okay. Okay. So, you follow behind it, you see all kinds of of strange animals and things in this water. Even animals that don't belong in there. You can see a sea lion, you see a seahorse, you see tons of different fish, you see a squid. Like all things that shouldn't be able to be here and yet they're there. And you're following behind this crocodile. And then you suddenly see it leap out um, of the water onto the banks and seemingly disappear and as you climb out of the water you find that you are in a clearing surrounded on all sides by trees from the top of one of the trees drops a hulking figure covered in fur standing on two haunched legs its long arms and in razor sharp claws and its wolf-like face is filled with equally sharp teeth it's towering over you and you find yourself back in your regular tiefling form he stands at least two feet over you. This huge beast howls up the sky and looks down at you with a snarl and frothy saliva dripping from its jaws. What do you do?
1: Dominate beast. So it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by you for the duration. If you or creatures that are friendly to you are fighting it, it has advantage on the saving throw. While the beast is charmed, you have a telepathic link with it. You can use this telepathic link to issue commands to the creature while you are conscious uh, no action required. Uh, It it will do its best to obey.
0: You attempt to to do that spell, but the creature before you just kind of roars in your face. And you know that this isn't just a regular beast this is a humanoid this is in fact a werewolf towering over you and you hear that voice again come from the werewolf's mouth what will you do
1: i have no desire to fight you
3: am i not a threat to you
1: you are not a threat to me we are all connected we are all one You are allowed to be the beast that you desire to be. Human form or werewolf. I am only here as your friend.
3: What do you fear most?
1: War. I fear war. War for no reason. War for power. I fear what it does to this land, to our Earth.
0: Good you suddenly notice that you are back in the dining hall with Master Kavala and Jack, who has got crumbs all over his face. He's got a milk mustache, (laughs) all that good stuff. The werewolf is also there, but his bones start to creak and crack in a way that you're familiar with, as yours do when you transform. And he shrinks back down into the large, hairy human man that you saw before. He sits down at the table next to Master Kavela, and Kavela says, "Avador, I would like to introduce you to this druid here who came to me years ago, and I did not heed his story, but I have learned from my mistakes. This here sits Balaam, the very first lycanthrope, who was born at the beginning of. The end of Thiel.
1: I'm honored to meet you, Balaam. I appreciate the challenge you have presented towards me.
0: You did well. Much better than I expected. Thank you. Avador. he would have known the first tiefling.
1: You know of Thiel. Does she still exist? Is she my mother?
0: Thiel
3: is dead. But... Only in her physical form. Her head grew a new body and became someone else. And that person gave birth to all tieflings. And a sense passed on into the ages. But many tieflings do remain. They choose to stay hidden. And I, for a time, hid among them from my brethren who sought to do evil. But take this advice, and I believe you learned it in the woods. Not all things that look fearsome are evil, but sometimes they can do evil. So you cannot judge all. We know that as we are scourge blood.
0: Kavala kind of looks at you and says, He was able to tell me that deep within the scar that runs across the land, there is a tribe of tieflings that still exists to this day. That must have been where you came from. And we don't know why or how you got to the surface. You can just take this knowledge for what it is, that you're not alone in the world.
1: I've always known. It's why I had to go to find my kind. I knew, I just felt it. There's no way my my kind were extinct.
0: Balaam kind of nods at you and then um, looks over to Kavala and nods at him again too. Kavala says, you both have more to learn, but... You've done well, and so I will present you with these gifts to aid in your learning and your safety. Jack, he turns to you, and suddenly in his outstretched hands is a cloak. Its colors are green and gold, and it appears like it's woven out of leaves, yet it feels really sturdy. And although the colors make it seem like it would stand out, you didn't even notice it was in his hands until he handed it to you. This is a cloak of elven kind, gifted to me by a student long ago, as a thank you for accepting his children into the academy. And now I pass this on to you. And Jack, this is this is an actual item that you will be able to use for and I'm going to I'm going to send you a link to it real quick in the chat. And then when you get that, I, w- I would like you to, to read the, the stats out loud of, of what it does.
2: So Cloak of elvenkind: while you wear this cloak with its hood up, wisdom perception checks made to see you have disadvantage, and you have advantage on dexterity, stealth checks made to hide. As the cloaks' colors shift to camouflage you, pulling the hood up or down requires an action.
1: More illusions.
2: Yes, this has been an illusionary day.
1: Mm. Illusion. Illusion.
2: Nice. I like the way it looks, too. That's cool.
0: That's very cool. Master Kavala then snaps his fingers, and on the table appears a simple, elongated wooden chest. And there's no decoration of, of any kind, any sort. And he opens it, and you see a staff made of gnarled, twisted wood, the top of which looks kind of similar to, like, a bonsai tree and, and topped with green moss. And then he nods to Avador. This is the Staff of the Woodlands, once owned by the great archdruid Elendil. And then Balaam says, A great elf
3: and a greater friend. I received it upon his death, but it is meant for someone More worthy than I. Take it, young one.
0: And he's looking straight at you, Avador. I'm saying Avador, but I'm talking to Shaddai right now. (laughs) You would like to read what this thing allows you to do.
1: So Staff of the Woodlands. This staff can be wielded as a magic quarterstaff that grants a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. While holding it, you have a plus two bonus to spell attack rolls. Cool. The staff has 10 charges for the following properties. It regains one D6 plus four expanded charges daily at dawn. If you expend the last charge, roll a D20 on a one The staff loses its properties and becomes a non-magical quarterstaff.
2: That's part of the text. Uh
1: -uh. (laughs) Uh -uh. You can use an action to expand one or more of the staff's charges to cast one of the following spells from it. Using your spell save dice. Let's see. Animal friendship. Hey, did that already. Awaken. Bark skin. Uh, Locate animals or plants. Speak with animals. Speak with plants. Or Wall of Thorns. Hey, I did a lot of that. You can (laughs) also use an action to cast the Pass Without a Trace spell from the staff without using any charges. Man, I'm so going to be Yoda on this. (laughs) So Tree Form. You can use an action to plant one end of the staff in Fertile Earth and expend one charge to transform the staff into a healthy tree. The tree is 60 feet tall and has five foot diameter trunk and its branches at the top spread to a 20 foot radius. The tree appears ordinary, but radiates a faint aura of transmutation magic. If targeted by detect magic while touching the tree and using another action to speak its command word, you can return to the staff to its normal form. Any creature in the tree falls when it is reversed to his staff. Notes. Bonus. Yeah. Magic bonus. Spell attacks. Druid. Cree. So
2: you get ball. a lot of stuff out of that one.
1: Awesome. staff. Of the so are readings. the, those
2: charges are finite, right? There's not, it's not rechargeable. You got to roll. You got to roll. Oh yeah, yeah. So staff has 10 charges. It's falling properties. It regains. Oh, it regains the expended charges daily at yep. dawn, but you have to roll. If you get a one, then it becomes right. uh, just, uh-oh, no, a, uh-oh. So, yeah. so they, <laughs> yeah.
0: So you could keep recharging it, but if you do roll a 1 on it, it's done, and you lose everything. It's just a staff. And so any bonuses, any extra spells like tree form, um, pass without a trace, all that stuff would be gone.
2: That's very cool, though.
0: Kevla says, The two of you have earned this. And now, I have spoken with your friend Sarah in your absence. And she told me a little bit more about the plight with your friend, Shepard. And also the plight that his village is facing with the Ecclesia. And although myself am not a great fan of witches, I have seen and witnessed and speaking with Balaam and having been able to observe your trials, Avador, that I am wrong in my prejudice. And that their lives are just as valuable as the rest of ours. And now while I do still agree that we need to get all of the coins and get them somewhere safe, I can create a portal to take you somewhere quicker. And so that I think if you journey to this village to warn them before the Ecclesia can get there, you still will have enough time to get to Arnhem or wherever you want to go to look for the rest of the coins. I tried a spell on your friend Shepard. It was the same type of spell I used on Jewel, who was, unfortunately, one of my students who grew to... What is the word that you youth use these days? Cocky. (laughs) Too cocky with her magical abilities. She destroyed her physical body in a spell that went wrong. I was able to secure her soul into her new form. And with it, she forgot all memories. It seems from hearing stories from your friend Sarah that Shepard has undergone a similar process. His soul has been placed into something foreign to him, and when it happened, he lost a lot of his memories. It seems that soul magic is much more difficult than what I thought it would be. So. I was told that the village that he is from is called Eslam, which I was surprised to hear about. It's very well-warded, very rarely spoken of. And if anyone could bring destruction to it, it would be the Paladins. I can send you there. But I can only send a few, and we would need to send you very soon. So you two, and I will send your friend Sarah and Shepard's body to warn them But once they are safe, you must continue on and find these other two coins. Our world depends on it. You can rest tonight, but gather in the library in the morning, and we will send you off to Eslam. And now I'm going to retire and get rest, because it's going to take a lot of magic to send you there. And he kind of gets up. A little bit, looking a little sad. His chair pushes in, and and he kind of walks off up another set of stairs that was not there before, (laughs) but is now. And he's going up this magical winding staircase. And, Avador, you know that that's leading up to his quarters where he would sleep.
2: You can count on us! I yell up at him as he's walking up these (laughs) magic stairs. Indigo, who's just chilling on top of uh,
0: Balaam's head right now, it's like, yeah, I'll I'll let him know. I think he's kind of doing his own thing right now, but yeah, I'll <laughs> tell him you said that later.
2: Thanks, Indigo. I can always count on you. So
0: if you don't have anything further, you guys can retreat to your rooms and, and rest if, if that's what you want to do.
1: Father has spoken. Okay. See you tomorrow then, Jack?
2: Sounds good. I have one request. Please don't poke your head through my wall again.
1: I have no interest. I, that was just mere excitement. I, I am no longer as excited.
2: I know I'm going to have nightmares about that tonight. <laughs> so just please <laughs> don't make it worse. <laughs> you guys go to your
0: individual rooms. You get some sleep. And it is some of the best sleep you have had in your lives. Evador, you remember what it feels like to sleep here. Like you feel so refreshed and rejuvenated. Jack, this is brand new to you. You have no idea how, how rested you would be.
1: I feel like uh, Uncle Fester in the Adams family when he like plops down in that dusty ass bed, but then sinks yep. in entirely. Like oh, yes, all the crevices are exactly where they need to be.
2: The ball pit has great support on my back. <laughs>
1: it's just like the it rocks. Just, used it feels to like sleep you were on. just
2: floating, <laughs> like you're just floating through space, floating
1: on
0: my magical balls,
1: on your balls.
0: <laughs> Jack, you are awakened the next morning. By a voice, "Hey, hey, kid! It's dawn. Time to go, bud." Huh? Uh, uh,
2: okay. Uh.
0: He kind of flaps his wings and he kind of peers out of sight with a another little pop. And Avador, you hear the pop. Show up in your room. Hey, rise and shine, sweetheart. Master Cavale is waiting for you in the library. The others are already there. Let's get moving.
1: Still waking up at dawn. Oh, that old man.
0: So you ventured down the hallway, down the steps, and instead of leading into the dining hall, you are back into the spiraling library again where you first entered. And Sarah's waiting there in her full armor. Next to her is floating Shepard, about four feet, floating off the ground on his little blanket. And the door to the library opens. And you can see the morning light kind of pouring through. And you can kind of see uh, Master Cavela's silhouette sort of kind of at the doorframe and then moves on into the outside. So you guys just want to follow him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as you enter the courtyard, he is hes kind of waiting and he beckons for you to keep following. And you all continue walking for several minutes that actually become at least an hour. And you begin passing through these ruined stone temples and lifeless trees upon blackened, scorched earth. Like this used to be some city back centuries ago that's now kind of ruined and burned. Kibela stops in the center of these ruins now that you guys have been walking for a while and he kind of kneels at a very particular spot. It doesn't really look any different than any other, but he kind of runs his hands along the dirt, which is so damaged. It just Rumbles beneath his fingers. But when he stands again and turns to face you, you see he's holding a small bright blue flower bud attached to a withered vine, and he says, dead as it may seem, there's still great power here, and I can use this little bit of it that's left to send you on your way to whatever destiny awaits you. He plucks the bud from the vine and he clasps his hands together and rubs them back and forth, the petals just kind of scraping against his palms. He suddenly opens his palms outward and the flower bud is gone, but there are blue just swirling energies emanating from his hands and his eyes. And you can feel the wind start to pick up around you as this torrent of like dust and debris starts kind of swirling and joining him in this blue light. And you see him inhale This large breath, huff it into the swirling arcane energy, which shifts from swirling around him to swirling in the shape of an oval going more vertical instead of horizontal, and it sits kind of right in front of you. And within the crackling light of this small little maelstrom, you see a forest as if reflected in a pool of water. And Kavala shouts, go on, find your answers and help us right the wrongs of this world before it's too late. It's your destiny. And though it won't be without pain and heartache, I know this is all part of your destiny, and it must be done. Sarah steps through, and trailing behind her is uh, Shepherd on his little sheet. You hear Cavella's voice crack just a little bit before he continues, and he says, "Avador." I hope I'm making the right choice. I wish I wasn't sending you away again so soon. Where you're going, doom and destruction await, but it must be faced. Please just tell me I've made the right choice.
1: We're doing it so that we may all survive. This is the right choice.
0: So he he nods at you and he nods at Jack. and he says, then I will have no regrets regardless of what happens next. And the two of you step through the portal. In the dank, cold air of the tomb, Lady Anessa stands before a sarcophagus, inlaid with runes in multiple languages. Next to her is the scaly Sedicius, looking very nervous. My lady, I would never question your wisdom, but to take such extreme measures,
3: I worry for the safety of our plans, for you.
0: I understand your concerns, but make no mistake, this will be war, and it is a war that I will win, and I grow impatient, waiting for the last coin to fall into our lap. What? Rathorn? But Rathorn? Rathorn has done well, but like any great leader, I must see this done myself, which is why I need our greatest warrior, one of the greatest warriors of our history. And Seditus, you will not call me lady. You will address me by my true right of station. My apologies. He stretches his long, sharp fingers and he grips a hold of the top of the sarcophagus. One of the fingers slipping into a small crevice that was made by a crowbar in recent weeks in an attempt to open it. The blood from the sarcophagus continues to drip As he starts to slide the top of it off and mutters an incantation. And amidst the multiple small rivers of blood leaking from this sarcophagus, sits up an elf like male, pale as snow, but bleeding continuously from wounds that never heal. And his red eyes gleam with excitement, and he smiles with rows of razor-sharp fangs. Welcome back, my friend. A new era awaits, and your queen calls upon your talents. With a worried look, he looks over at Queen Anessa. And she looks at Seditious and the vampire that they just rescued from this tomb... And she says, our destination is Arnhem. We know that's where the next coin is heading. for listening to this episode of Party in Peril. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends or friends on social media and use the hashtag NerdSloth so we can thank you for your support. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, uh, give us a rating, all those things that can help out the show. It's like rolling a nat 20 every time. See you next episode. Presented by
2: NerdSloth.
1: A place for lazy nerds.
2: If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, catch us on YouTube and Twitch or visit us at nerdsloth.com.